0: Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the
1: starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission <laughs> to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to ReTrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, Sir Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee.
2: Trigger!
1: Wow. And that's the end of the show. I don't think we can... Yeah, I, I think Trigger! that's it. I can't stop that. Nope, that's <laughs> it. But we, we, we'll give it a go. So we are here to talk about the second episode of season three of Picard, which is called Disengage, which... All... Now,
2: if you want to go in big... I say we start with the Trek news. OK, let's
1: start do. with the Trek news.
2: Come on. Come on. I want to get some energy into this tonight. Come on. Well, my energy levels were good. I was... <laughs> oh, no, you're doing grand. Sorry, I didn't mean to dish you. I don't eh? I was building Elliot up. No. Was...
1: Less of it. Right, Elliot, we have exciting... It's actually re-Trek news. It is re-Trek news. It's not Trek news.
0: It's re-Trek news. Oh, for fuck's uh, sake, I'll the ticker. There's a lot of bad mates know, in two weeks, We'll be, arriving at, I, we'll be arriving at the pre-party for Sci-Fi Weekender. hmm And as you all know, we normally do our show on a Wednesday night, and we're not going to be able to because of travelling and all sorts of arriving at different times. So what we've decided to do is we're going to do an unofficial start to the Weekender on the Thursday at 1.30 at the Reed Cutters. We are going to do a re-trek live for that week's for the previous week's episode of Picard. Yeah. and Yeah. So anybody who's at the Weekender, come join in, give your
1: opinions,
0: join in with us on the show.
1: Tell us what you think about Picard. And for anyone who's not familiar with the Sci-Fi Weekender, um, this show... Might have a little bit of a little bit less of our sort of trademark professionalism because one thirty at the sci-fi weekend and the sun is well over the yard arm as they say. Um, so it's going to be a fun one.
2: Yeah, and um, and like it was a very packed schedule for the sci-fi weekend, so they can fit in, fit us in. So we're doing it anyway. We're going rogue. We're like like Star Trek Insurrection (laughs) right
1: here. (laughs) We'll be better than Star Trek Insurrection.
2: Yeah, and also, considering I'm posting some Panels, I'll then be a good boy after that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut that bit where <laughs> yeah, you you inadvertently dissed them.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll insurrect, and then we will get very orderly yeah, after Yeah, that.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, you, insurrection yes. first, then conformity. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's it.
1: That's, that's it. it. So from sorry, insurrection sorry. to disengage then. So all this week, I've been sat there and I've been going, oh, that's so clever what they've done, the... the They've taken like the the Bog's catchphrase, but they've put dis before it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, the Bog don't say engage, they say assimilate, so what have I been thinking? So yeah, no
2: you sometimes says it's engaged, so yeah, Picard it's says engage. So. Yeah,
1: I was thinking it was to do with Bog I don't know, I just had like a brain fart. Anyway, so yeah, it,
2: you. It, did, it did seem a little shoehorned in the episode when it's used, but it doesn't really like you would never use that phrasing. It's only because they wanted to get engaged in it and disengage. And to be honest, with you, I think they might have nicked this from the um, Star Trek next conversation. They would end their episodes with disengage. Ah, do they now?
1: Maybe. Maybe you it's like maybe. a little tip of the hat to it. You know.
2: Oh, and they um, they feature one of my voice notes this week. Oh. hailbag uh, like They've got. This so in.
1: you've been sucking up to other Star Trek podcasts.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, like a uh, fully functional data. I've been sucking up to them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right. Well, we'll just we'll we'll talk about that off the air.
2: I am nothing if not a podcast whore.
1: That's true, <laughs> aren't we all? Um, yeah. So, Disengage, Then obviously picks up. Well, it doesn't. I was going to say it picks up exactly where we left it, but it doesn't. We get this two weeks earlier flashback, which. I don't think it's entirely necessary, if we're being perfectly honest, and it, it's just to give us a bit of a flavour of Jack Crusher, and he yeah. he's smuggling, he's smuggling booze, he's smuggling guns, he's smuggling medicine, and well, the booze and the guns are more drives out there to be able to smuggle the medicine to where it's needed. Mm. Maybe, but I think, wasn't he gonna sell the weapons to people as well? No, he used, no, he,
0: uh, drive the pen with with rangers with the weapons. I know he did. The medical supplies.
2: I mean, I definitely think the medical supplies thing is true, but I think there's also a side of him which is roguish and enjoys those garments probably more than his mum would like. The way I do it. I don't think it's the, like, if it wasn't the medical supplies, he wouldn't just be smuggling for the sake of smuggling but I think he can get the fuck out of it. I think we're to, you know believe what he does.
1: Yeah, you don't have that many guns and cases of yeah. Romulan ale just for...
2: I mean, slightly to your point, Jim, though, I mean, they do have a scene later where they basically go through the fact that he's a con man and explain yeah. this perfectly fine. We didn't need this
1: scene at the beginning, really. Like, yeah, you know, I, d- I just felt... It yeah, and it's one of these things that... I, I do think flashbacks have a purpose and you know can often be really useful, uh, but the, the, I, I just I don't don't feel it's necessary in this particular instance. I'd have been happy to jump straight back in, but anyway, yeah. you know it's a and minor. I
0: think it
2: was something which I wanted to say up top because I really enjoyed this episode, so I wanted to get the kind of gripe out of the way mm-hmm. in the beginning. And it was kind of that we spend the whole episode just on one thing in the nebula. And like one, basically, like when some uh, episodes of Star Trek, this would be one scene. And that did feel like, you know, if you'd tighten up a few moments, you could have maybe had a, a, another scene at the beginning, another scene at the end and just kind of flesh it out a bit. It, that, that was my only kind of slight complaint. And, yeah. and one like, which we'll get to when we get there.
1: There is a little bit, though, where it's sort of setting something up, like that. you have the guy and he goes, oh, tell... Oh, what's her name? I've written it down. I missed
0: I miss the name that he said.
1: It's the... What is it? The villain, isn't it? Um, but I, I keep saying oh, the name wrong, so I have written okay. it down. Her
0: name's Vanek. Uh, Vanek, yeah.
1: Vanek.
0: Well, Vanick. But It doesn't say... It doesn't, but the Fenwick Granger doesn't say... Tell is that not what says? Man. No. Oh. But I'm not... Well, no, I it says the like...
2: scar-faced woman or the mark, the damaged woman. No, it says
0: so-and-so that I found him. Or
2: yeah, 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 him. but she doesn't use his. He does. Oh, sorry, I thought you were saying he, he doesn't use a name. He uses like this the scarred woman. Or there's
0: a I can't a, a term a... for her. Right. That you right.
1: And we talked a lot last week, and I'm sure we'll touch on it this week. Jack Crusher's accent. and... Yes. It, uh, in this opening bit, I feel like they're ladling it on a bit too because he goes, mon ami. Yeah, and yes, like, all right. like, so he knows French sense. words, does he?
2: <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that, that really made me cringe because it was like, all oh, right, okay, it, it's got on Okay, we get it. It's fine. You don't have to lay loads of clues to something which is inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> That it's like, especially stuff which makes no sense that he'd speak with a British accent and he's French like any I
1: mean like, I think to an extent the fact that he is a con man kind of adds a bit more credence to this like maybe he's, he's developed this as a persona and you know he's chosen to take on this accent why uh, because British we sound you know if you sound English you sound a bit a little bit wee a little bit were.
2: I mean, I understand, <laughs> that, obviously, what well, I said, cockney, <laughs> he's British yeah. and somehow French, I didn't mean as in the accent, by the way, for anyone who's li- yeah, I know that in the Star Trek world in this time, like, I think they've done, done it with, they've mentioned it with Picard that basically the, the, the French speak with an English accent, we, we've established yes. anyway. it anyway, it's just the fact that he, he had all these things from Picard for no reason, like, like an accent is biologically transferred. It so. is, yeah,
1: that that's a fact. Um, and and the odd French phrase yeah that all them things are passed down I mean
2: like the phrasing you can even get away with a little bit by saying that um, oh yeah Beverly used to use it she picked it up from Jean-Luc when they were together Right, that that, that kind of works, but the accent, is no way you could
1: just... I think it's a manufactured persona that he's put on, maybe because he knows who his absentee father is and he wants to create an artificial closeness to him by mimicking his accent.
2: I mean, even I I like a bit of headcanon. That one hurt my brain. (laughs) I'm going to write a
1: book about it. It's going to be called Jack Crusher's Accent.
2: Yeah.
1: Right, so of my father, the Jack Crusher story. Yeah, exactly. And right, this lad who plays Jack Crusher, I'll tell you, he reminds me of. It reminds me of the bloke who's in Torchwood. Um, what's his name? Oh, the the. Uh, Gorman. Go- ben. ben Gorman, or whatever it is. Yeah, I ben do want to say that the Jack Crusher lad is a lot better looking than Torchwood by. But Actually, there's something think, about him that I'm just like, oh, it reminds me of him, but just less smarmy.
2: I've got it. He is a cross. Because I thought I knew who he looked like. Now, if you put yours and mine together, mm-hmm. I think you get him. Because I was thinking of uh, Taron Egerton, of course. So there you go, yeah. Films. You put him with Goldman uh, Gorman, yeah. those two together, and you get this guy. I think those two might have... Um, somehow Gene Spice made him.
1: There we go. And that's why he's got the British accent, because that's two British actors. Well, now it all makes sense. It does. In,
2: in, well, actually, as an actor, it makes sense. It still doesn't make sense for the character.
1: It does, because Beverly's genetically engineered him out of the DNA of those two actors. Beverly's always been a big fan of early 21st century popular culture. And she's decided, you know my two favourites were Taryn Edgerton and Burn Garman and now.
2: I, I almost want there to be a shit line in there like uh oh and of course uh, my mother used to play your locks to me every night and that's where i picked up the sax oh that's like, coming like, is that
1: that that is coming i'll guarantee you that's coming
2: it's gonna be so crap but i kind of want it to like at least they put something in there for it
1: yeah and you do get all these bits like Riker's going huh something very familiar about that boy <laughs> yeah
2: God, like they were laying on so thick, I was going. It's like I was almost hoping it wasn't just so it would be something to, to subvert my expectations. I but still what's don't don't think he's twenty year girls? old.
0: He don't come across as twenty year old. I still think we may be looking at uh, <clears throat> when Beverly vanished for a season in season two.
2: I I I I think the the, the reasoning gets so clouded if you do it that way, because then you've got to write why he had like, you know, so many series of her not being. Yeah,
1: why we didn't see him and
2: I I think it's a lot cleaner if you do it after the show. I think it's twenty years we haven't seen you.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be one of them where the timeline doesn't quite add up, but you've just gotta roll with it like Egon in the new Ghostbusters film, it's like (laughs) If you if you work all that out mathematically, you're like right, so when we saw Egon in Ghostbusters one and two, he was actually a deadbeat dad who just fucked off and left his kids to go study science. And but you know, but that's obviously not the intent. But that's the only way it works mathematically. Yeah. But
2: and, and also, I think like uh, Alexander was maybe ten when he was in Deep Space Nine. If you follow the timeline, yes. Or something. But yeah. we know you that Klingons age answer, quickly, yeah. obviously.
1: Um, yeah, so Captain Shaw, now uh, he last week, obviously, we were just like this guy's an asshole. I really like what they do with him this week I'm not saying he's my favourite guy ever but they, they've given him so much more humanity than he had last week and it's like, awesome. it starts right at the beginning where he's like so you want me to risk 500 people for two and you're like, that that's a fair point, Captain Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> even
2: everything he said in the first episode makes... Like, you know, there is a big, very big argument, even though he comes across the arse onto us because we like our because, existing because characters. And you up. About, yeah, there are our buddies. But if you think yeah. about everything he does, it's all to protect his crew. That's actually very noble. Yeah. Like, you know, that is a perfectly valid viewpoint. Mm. And they just... Yeah. Slaping the edges and making him a more complicated character it was so much yeah. more fun this episode. Because I sort of already had put in my head, as I was saying last week. You know, you get he'll have to then get deposed by Seven. He's then going to then lead the ship to victory. But like, it's so much more interesting if you make him...
0: Yeah, and, it, and it's yeah. like that where he turns them down on the request to go to Nebula. And he's right. These yeah. two guys have come up uh, to do a tour, an un- unannounced inspection and then the, without any, any official orders just going, uh, disobey the orders you've been given and do this instead. And he's right to say no. I mean, the is only thing which pic- makes no- Picard did do it exactly the same is someone came on his ship and did that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I think also the other thing, the other part of it was that the only thing which didn't make sense in it was that uh, later on, um, Picard announces admiral orders on the bridge, and this guy who said no to him because he's an admiral before is suddenly like, "Yeah, sure. Well, you're an admiral." You know, it's like, yeah, I, I think
1: it's a little it's, bit.
2: His, his mellowing justifies it a little bit, but still. I think after you've been turned down as an admiral by an order, you wouldn't then
0: announce on the bridge as if it's going to carry weight. It's, yeah, the chain of command gets I've, a little bit. I think, uh, I think yeah, where he was trying to make him disobey his orders and go to the nebula. And he went, no, you can't do that. But well, he isn't saying you're not an admiral. And in this situation where Picard kind of goes, admiral's orders... You stick, no, no,
2: him. no. Last week he said he was retired, so that's why he doesn't have a phone. Mm. Yeah, he did, he did like, thing, didn't he? And also, when they're on the bridge, his justification for what they've got to do is it's because it's his son. Now, given everything that Shaw said in the first episode, what the fuck sense does that make? Like, that he's going to then... Oh, well, it's for yeah. one person, but it's your son. Then, in that case, whoa! See, I, I
1: we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get there, but I actually liked that bit, and I thought that was...
2: Oh, indeed, yeah, I, <laughs> but it just doesn't make any sense. It was, it was fun to watch. I, I, I think that worked
1: for sure, but, yeah, we'll um, we'll dig into that uh, when we get there. But, yeah, so they end up... the trapped on the ship because the shuttle's been destroyed, um, and so, obviously... They can't get back to the Titan, so Captain Shaw's gonna have to do something, or Seven's gonna have to So that's what the setting it up is. That the only way they can be rescued now is the Titan. Meanwhile, Raffy's subplot then. Um I, I like I, I like bits of this, I don't like other bits of it. I I'm not so keen on how disconnected it is from everything else, and
0: yeah it's my biggest gripe uh, is the rapid subplot slows down
1: mm.
0: episodes.
1: And particularly
0: and, and I'm sort. I've been I've been thinking and I'm thinking should we do the reveal of who else she meets in a little subplot now or should we leave that for the next time
1: we can leave it when subplot. we get I mean well okay.
0: when, I suppose well, it doesn't I'm so, matter I'm, so, it? I'm sort of like the sooner they join up with yeah. the cab, the better.
2: Well, also, you've kind of got her as a satellite on her own. She is the one that, like, even Seven of Nine is a legacy character from mm-hmm. She is the only non-legacy character. And I'm sorry, but she is one of the most melodramatic, like, I, I don't, I've never really taken her character as much as most of the other crew. So yeah. you've got the, probably the least interesting of the new characters, I'm sorry, but you've got her, and then you put her on her own without anyone with them, mm. so that like you were saying earlier it's like it feels like all the actions on the tone where our legacy crew is like you've got three members yeah. of the original crew and yeah. only at the end of the second episode do you get anyone joining Rafi's story who we know and whereas you could have put in a couple more people earlier to join now then that would have been more exciting you know yeah you know, and
1: more the particularly the first time through this episode because I was so invested in the main plot every time it cut to Rafi I was like oh yeah. yeah. And, and re-watching it, them scenes are not that long, but the first time watching it, I'm like, oh, come on. And, and also,
2: I'll- like, they've made her so one note with the struggles with addiction. Now, and, and I love the fact they they, they uh, tackle struggles with addiction they do in adult way, that's mm-hmm. fine. And I'm not saying that once someone's cured in one day, they don't have relapses. But as a character, I'm sorry, but we've seen it. In we've the seen it. Series constantly. You, that's that's all you're giving her and it's just not that interesting when you've already covered that.
1: What I do find a bit more interesting is the fact that we know from season one that Raffi had this big conspiracy theory which actually turned out to be 100% accurate um, and I like the fact that when she meets her ex-partner there's this thing of Ooh, you're slipping down that rabbit hole again it's like no she was fucking right the first time so don't be having a go at her <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the, the storyline I more would have followed with her. I would yeah, be set I, up, maybe including think... her children in it a bit, like a grandson.
0: I don't know, but you've got to say, from his point of view, at the time, she was on a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I know it was proved to be right but the time she was the only one sort of shouting all this mm-hmm. and she did spiral down into drug addiction. She did. End. Yeah.
1: So the, so he,
0: he's got that from being her ex-husband being with her in a relationship while that yeah. happened.
1: Yeah. So... Uh, so
0: he's, he's looking at it from that. Well, here we go again. I know exactly where this leads.
1: Yeah. That it I think
0: you, it doesn't matter if you write or wrong in the end. Yeah. Uh, the, at this point in the conspiracy theory, I know exactly what happens to you.
2: But you know what? I would have been more invested in that storyline if the first thing you'd seen was maybe her having lunch with him and talking about the kid and maybe the idea of him see, her seeing her grandkid. And then you've got to have this bit where she's got to ask him for a favour and then mm. he goes, well, you've got a choice. either that or that, you know?
1: Yeah, there that would have been more interesting.
2: Yeah. more blunt and, and more cruel. Whereas if you built that up and that... she's getting a relationship with him and then she asks for a favour, then he feels like, oh, what, this was all just for the, the... favour?
0: But would that have slowed the episode down even more? No, no, no.
2: I don't think so. Because if you put it right at the beginning of the first episode is what I yeah. mean. Yeah, then right. that means we're investing the story before we get into the main plot so that then when you're coming back to it we've got a thread to follow whereas really it's just her bumbling through following clues, finding clues she's basically a mechanic for the rest of the episode as Yeah, and story,
1: really. it's very much that like you're watching it going okay, can you connect with the main plot now because...
2: Yeah, and well, if you can I have someone on their own, put it as a legacy character, someone who we already care about a bit more. Have her as like, part of the Titan. I'm event.
0: quite sure what she's investigating is all off the Titan. I'm event. sure it is.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's all
0: Tim Bags there. It's just. At the moment, it feels very disconnected.
1: Yeah, the nuts and bolts of it are not that interesting until we get to the end of it this episode, but. While we're talking about her her ex-husband, there's a bit where he says, oh, yeah, I spoke to our son, he said you ambushed him at the medical centre. That was in season one. That was, like, three years ago. But the way he says it is as if this has just happened. You know, it's... Yeah, he hasn't seen
0: his son for
1: three years. Yeah, really weird. At? It's it's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he said you ambushed him at the... What? Like, oh, fucking ages ago. Um, and that no, just again, seems like... Dinner a little bit of sloppy yeah. right in there like they've forgotten how much past that we I'm are right. now
2: but if you have it in the conversation actually it might be because they're filming series three while they're filming series two so maybe that kind of like uh, they didn't think maybe uh, yeah years to. but yeah again if you'd had a scene with them having like connecting already at the beginning and then she could they, he could have said you know you just alter the line slightly to me it's like Look, he's still gun shy about that time you just turned up a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you want to be in her, his life, you have to be in it for real. So that then, when she again, then when she asks for a, another favour about something else, he's like, "Well, I thought you were coming here for him. What the fuck? What, the, what do you actually want?" And that.
1: Yeah, again, exactly. Yeah. Acknowledge that some time has passed. The way if if you if you weren't paying as close attention as we are and. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of Star Trek fans are, because we do pay attention to this sort of thing, but if you were well, just no binge-watching it... Here,
0: no time passes in season two.
1: No, but season is said to be two years after season one, and this yeah. is clearly some time after that, so... Okay, fair
0: enough,
2: yeah. Because, I mean, it's like... I, it, it's really frustrating, because I think you could have a really interesting character in her, they just haven't... Pull the town no like it, it, the most interesting part about her was her being a mechanic for seven of nine which isn't doing that character any service so then when by the time you bring her back in series season three and again it's it's like the, the reason why everyone's excited about season three is the next generation crew so it's just mean to put her on her own is as that, an tell character about the
0: premiere? that the date what about it okay because you know they showed the first two episodes as as a premiere and they invited people from Star Trek Press and all that podcasts during the uh, lines with Gabe while we were watching the premiere the volume cut out and she stood up in the middle of the feature and went it's okay I'll tell you what I said
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's good (laughs) nice like it so back on the Titan then, it, there's some great stuff. Like I like that Seven's sort of trying to play on Shaw's sense of pride. Like, do you want to be the captain who rescued two legends or do you want to be the captain who let them die?
2: And this was the interesting thing, because I felt it was her learning to work the system. Like, when you're not in command yourself, how do you steer things yeah. a little bit? Yeah. And it, it does work for her arc of what they said in the first episode. It's like, how do I... Yeah, how do I play this guy? Well, because you've got to work with him. You've got to tell him. Like, he's he's actually, again, he comes across gruff, but he has got some really (laughs) fucking good points. You know, the bit about making her use her human name because it's too borgy otherwise, it's a a dick move. But he's not really a complete... Well,
0: there's another clue about this in this episode. And I think something major has happened to him at War 359. That would make sense. It would make sense, yeah. Well, part of the end credits is his uh, medical file. Oh, yeah. Ah,
1: nice. Ooh. And you also get men-
0: and you also get parts of that mentioned in this episode. Yeah,
1: you get mentioned, like, his psychological profile and yeah. everything, yeah.
0: And gr- his
2: grudges seem to mainly be with Seven and with uh, Picard, even though he's Picard's taken a bit out ball. on Riker. You feel like it's just adding in some him, yeah.
1: and I think that do, seven does get through to him because he must think like yeah okay I'll get back home and they'll go yep technically you followed all the orders you shouldn't have risked 500 for two but you've just got Jean-Luc Picard and Will Riker killed, so Yeah. that's not going to go down well. I mean, it's a really shitty situation,
2: because especially, like, can you imagine being the guy who let those two legends die just after Starfleet um, uh, uh, Cadet, Camp has just gone
1: under, like, yeah, yeah, and it'd be like, you know what, this is what Captain Harriman in generations will have had to go through. Like, so you went out just you were meant to just go to Mercury and you've got Jim Kirk killed. Well done, yeah. (laughs) This is what
2: I liked about this, as it's kind of it is a bit of a parallel to um, Captain, sorry, was it Hartman Harriman 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 Harriman, sorry. It is a kind of like parallel to uh, Captain Harriman, but whereas he was kind of a bit feckless and a bit kind yeah. of like bumbling, this guy is really kind of on it. Just very kind of strict and very yeah. he won't stay away from the path. So it's kind of it, it's similar. It gives you that parallel feeling without copying the plot line yeah
1: and he does get to do a really cool bit where the ship bursts out a warp and disrupts the tractor beam and everything. that looks awesome that's a really good hero moment is that
2: because that was my concern going into this like the first episode the only thing i was worried about after the first episode was how much it felt like they could be just copying plot lines from the past, which. Jack Crusher still feels a little bit like, but at least they've mm-hmm. up his character a bit. Um, so I'm glad when they're foiling my expectations in that way, I don't want it to just be a copy of Trek Past.
1: No, and I think, you know, we there are elements, aren't there? But So I was thinking about this with the... There are so many stories where you get the older hero discovers that he's got a child he didn't Obviously, we've got Kirk, they did it in Indiana Jones, even though we don't talk about that one. And... Um, You know, and they're doing it here, and it... I wonder if it's because, from a story writing point of view... You don't want them to have a child when you're telling all these action-adventure stories with them because that that inhibits the story you can tell. Mm -hmm. But when the actors and the characters are older, you think, oh, a dynamic with a son would be interesting. So we've got to kind of retroactively insert one into the story. So we want that dynamic, but we've not done the homework for it. So we need to have this hitherto unknown child come into it.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. You get your cake and eat it too. So you get the person to be a roguish-like character who just uh, just cares about themselves so they don't have to worry about any family mm. when they're going into these uh, daring do adventures. But then you want them to be thinking about legacy at the end and, like, maybe how they haven't prepped one. Ah, oh, and here is a, an illegitimate child they've never met. It's, it's I just think that it would have been nice if they'd done something interesting, like, make it a daughter maybe. maybe mm, yeah. You know, some different little
1: Sorry, and I won't harp on endlessly about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but just one point on it is just sloppy scriptwriting. Like, they have the bit earlier on where Indy's looking at the pictures of Marcus and of his dad and he goes, like, oh, I feel like I've reached that point in life where the universe stops giving and starts taking away. And then by the end of the film, he's got a wife and a daughter but at no point do they call back to that moment and have him say, you know, I I got it wrong. The universe has given to me. And it's like, you've set that up, but you've not paid it off. And it's like, you've spent 20 years writing this script. That's just so basic, whereas in Star Trek 2, they do do that because you start with Kirk saying I feel old, and then he discovers he's got a son, and he goes through the whole adventure, and then at the end, she says, how do you feel, and he says, I feel young and that's what Indiana Jones's arc in that film should have been, but they ruined it
2: Yeah, they, they, they even have, like um, Sean Connery having died in a line it's like, uh, yeah, now that uh, um, Denimelia and my dad's dead oh. <laughs> it's like that's, that's
1: all it's I, like, I yeah, she,
2: you could have had a nice cameo there if
1: anything he better be fucking dead you've not got enough money to get me to play him again you bastards <laughs> and by the way I'll have two million just to use that picture <laughs> anyway uh, that, that's the last I'll say about that I'm sure it was uh, tangentially relevant Um. Yeah, so where are we up to? Yes, the Titan makes the save then and there's a good bit where they come on at the bridge and this is where I started to like Shaw where he just goes, Oh, you boys are in so much trouble when they come onto the bridge. And you're like,
0: Oh yeah, I quite like him. There. Yeah. He's
1: got a sense of humour at least.
2: Yeah, and it's like it's also when he's like basically rubbing the nose it goes like Right. Let's see what trouble you guys have got me into here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he just keeps on like, throwing it back at them, which is delightful. <laughs>
1: and the the trouble is Amanda Plummer in this role of Vadik that we we don't really know who she is yet, but what a performance she gives.
0: Oh, jeez. This is up there with a the performance in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right. It, it sort of reminds <laughs> me of a mix between her... like uh, Sorry, between um, Nero in... Uh, 2009 Star Trek mm. and going back to Christopher Plummer her daddy uh, himself yeah. like you know th- those two combined you kind of get yeah. she's got the archness of Christopher Plummer but she's got the comedic timing of Nero like he had those lovely lines like um, hey Nero like when it goes on the thing as opposed yeah. to perform, yeah <laughs> Hey Captain, Nero here. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit where
1: it, it's uh, where Pike introduced himself, so I'm Christopher Pike and he goes, Hello Christopher, I'm Nero <laughs> That's
2: it, that's it. And it's like um, like here she the only thing is like what they got about Cigar chomping
1: kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> and I want to know if that one that she lights is the same one when she comes back on like an hour later. Is like, have they made in the future like a cig that never goes out? Like, Because that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah,
2: well, we see her lighting it, so it definitely needs a lighting. It <laughs> yeah, in but, yeah,
1: but she's still got one when we come back. So I just think she has got a new one. Probably, yeah, realistically. but And I love yeah, the way... She says Picard. Like she goes Jean Luc Picard. Yeah. She <laughs> really, really. does <laughs> the
0: French more than he does. In the synthetic flesh.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Which, by the way,
0: I, don't, like not gives me a clues. here that She knows clues. knows not Like she's clues. Oh. Liam Shaw. It's so nice that you could uh, still function with your psychological
1: problems. Yeah, she seems to know everything about everybody, which is...
2: yeah. Although, you only have a Captain Shaw there, like, which, like, okay, sorry, for anyone who doesn't know, Dr. Squee, it's my birth name. My actual (laughs) name's Ian Shaw. And when, like, they said, Liam Shaw, I go, that was so close. All you had to do is make it Ian Shaw. Like, that was just, oh, come on. You could have <laughs> given me that one. Could have done that. it. Didn't even sound like it.
1: I Nearly think, there. Um,
2: and I honestly think Ian and Liam are from the same origin, if I'm wrong I mean, they're it. practically the same. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, um, Liam might like be it. the Irish version and Ian was the Scottish version which have obviously cross pollinated made over the years, but if I'm remembering correctly, no, I think they not come having from the same... Yeah, I think no, you're trying to say that you're
1: Captain Shaw. We're not having you're not it. are not having
2: it. <laughs> uh, I'll justify that another time, but I think they both come from the name Ewan, which I think was the root word.
1: Anyway. Right. Now, your well,
0: cousin Liam, he can have
1: it. Yeah, your yeah. cousin <laughs> Liam can be Liam Shaw, no problem. Uh, but, yeah, the, we don't know anything about her really yet. But we do know that she, it's heavily armed, that they've been patrolling, and the Fenris Rangers are aware of them. We we know they've got these weird mask people. We know that she knows everything about everyone, and we know that she wants da- Jack Crusher, which is enough to create the tension and the drama in this episode, and I'm sure we are going to get more of her going forward. And then
0: she goes... I'll drop my shield so you can scan me so they see what weapon she's got. Yeah. It's literally all the best stuff Starfleet's got and stuff that they don't even understand the technology of.
1: Yeah. And we see that in action when she yeets the ship at them, which is pretty (laughs) cool. That
2: that reminded me of, like, my favourite moment. um, Actually, it's up there in my favourite moments ever of Doctor Who. It was in the 50th anniversary... And you get this bit where they they're first showing the war doctor. You've got um, of oh, course yeah. John Hurt as the war doctor, and they show him like j- this kind of sets the table for his whole character. Is he takes the um, the TARDIS, flies it kind of in the spinning motion, and it beheads the Dalek. Mm. And it's like, it, I mean, he's still doing the bit like fighting the bad guy, but the Doctor would never do that. And it's such a great way of showing. What he's it's capable different. of, yeah. and this is what you're doing here. You've never seen a starship thrown at another starship before. Yeah. And it really sets the table for. I him just like, like how uh,
0: I just yeah. like how Captain Shaw goes What just happened? Did he get on the barge? <laughs>
1: She threw a ship at us. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's it, it, that that thing as well. Like they've got shields, they've got ablative armor, they've got all of this, but it is just blunt force trauma that's going to cut through yeah. it. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I do want, I like, I like you guys. I love Amanda Plummer in this. I think she's brilliant. I, I do want to know her stakes, though. I want to know why this is important to her. I do. Why does this matter? Why is she trying to keep. Oh, yeah, it's great to have to out. Actually Like,
0: like I'm, I'm going to say at the moment, she's possibly one of my new favourite Trek movies. Mm. You
2: see, I, 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 I remember when you said that in the group earlier this week, and I was like, I, I'm with you. Once I know why, like, mm. I've got to know yeah, why for her to be a really why, great That's villain.
0: why I think the possibly.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just. Um,
0: like i love this performance she does i just think
1: it's brilliant it's so evil and over the it is it's excellent
2: see this might be i don't know maybe it's just the way my mind works but it's like for me like she she the performance is wonderful as i say i'm not taking anything away from her but until i know why she's doing it Mm -hmm. she's just a mechanic for the adventure as opposed to her own agency i don't need that to be invested
1: I do think we get a tiny little hint of motivation later on where um, she says, I will honour my terms. And she almost puts just a little bit more emphasis on my. And to me, that implies the Federation has not, Kept their end of the bargain with her or her people or something like that. Yes, yeah, it's happened. <laughs> yeah. It's just see, this shows this is what happens when you get great actors because it's just a tiny, tiny little bit of well, emphasis, and I only picked up on it the second time through, and I was like, "Hmm, okay, that's something to keep an eye on."
2: <laughs> and there is that delicious scene where she explains <clears throat> the meaning of the uh, name of the ship. It's like uh, I forget the name of the bird, but it's like it's an earth. The bird. Shrek. And yeah. it just... It, and it just takes a little bit at a time just like I'm going to do I'm going to take a little bit of everything that makes you you until I destroy you and it's just that's that's a yeah. wonderful villain speech
1: they're all on like, it with these over the top expletives like when Picard turns up to talk to Jack and he goes well I've always been fond of it. and Jack yeah. sort of calls him out and he's like oh that's an interesting opening to an interrogation
2: and I think it's somewhere around here I think it's a good, like, close enough place for me to bring it up There is one of my favorite shit bits of dialogue in this episode, it's delivered by Riker. And I don't know if you guys uh, picked up on this, but it's this one line he delivers and it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. He goes, "Um, uh, if there's one place in the universe I don't want to be, it's on the back foot. Like the back foot is a location. It's like saying, (laughs) if there's one place in the universe I don't want to be, it's toast. It's like it makes no sense. There is no <laughs> sense to that. The back foot isn't location. It's 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 a position to be in.
1: Yeah, but that that's what he was doing. He was kind of mixing oh, his metaphors.
2: It's, it's awful. It just makes no sense. It's like it sounds like a really cool tough guy line, but it just like. Again, it seems like one of those things where they're going, oh, no, no, we want to have a tough line in there. I'll oh, just put, like, um, back foot for now. We'll, we'll, we'll replace it with yeah. later. In- this
1: should <laughs> have, like, an aside later where Picard goes, that wasn't your best work, Will. <laughs> it's kind of like... Because I, I watched The Apprentice, and... Every single week, Alan Sugar says these things. Sorry, Lord Sugar says these things, and it's meant to be these like scathing put downs that he does. And he has these little sycophantic helpers who are there going, ha, 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 "Lord Sugar, brilliant!" But it's absolute crap. Like he'll, oh, yeah. they'll have something where they were meant to sell sausages, and he'll go. Well, I, I sent you out to bring me some bangers and you've brought me some scratchings. Oh, oh, oh Lord, <laughs> yeah, It's just utter rubbish that he says.
2: Well, it, it reminds me of the first series where Riker said... Yeah,
0: um, but maybe on uh, yeah, you... several hundred grand a year for uh, clapping and laughing.
1: It's very true. Living. I'd happily clap and Throw laugh that out, at.
0: Crap, Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it. It just makes me think of the, um, the first series line where Riker goes like, uh, what, do you think I was going to let you have all the fun while I'm back on the planet cooking? Pizza? No-one made you cook the pizza. No-one was forcing you to do it. You chose to
0: retire. Yeah, I'd
1: have made of- you cook the pizza. you only won between, like, seven people, dickhead. Anyway,
0: pizza between seven people. And it took him all fucking day. It did. It did. takes ten minutes to cook a fucking pizza, Tops.
1: Absolutely, does. I'll tell you what, Cavani's down the road from me, I bet ya, if I put an order in, it'd be here before I'd finish this podcast. I'm not going to do it. Because I don't want a cold pizza when I go downstairs. That's how good they are.
2: Yeah, Cavani's, I don't, I don't if you want
1: to sponsor us. Um, anyway, Captain Shaw oh, yeah, has a really know, good you, line, though.
2: what do you buy, water?
1: Yeah. Going to so. Where he says, "So we're essentially cornered in space, which has no corners."
2: <laughs> I mean, even that's a bit better than. than I think that's a great line of this. That's really know, deadpan. That was a great, my-
0: because it says it recorded in space, and then he realizes, yeah, it's got no corners. No, no, I should say. Because so he realizes what he said, which I think is quite clever. Yeah.
2: No, no, I think yeah, I think you're both right. I I think that's a really good one. I like it. It's comedic. It makes sense, which is a good start. It's like that. That's what the <laughs> Riker line should have been. Like it should have been something as good as that.
1: Yeah, it's or just something better than what he did say. But yeah, um, the I mean there is some. Again, we get Riker, while you dancing around it, jean lucs that like, we all get it. And I think Riker, as Picard's mate at this point, should go, okay, clearly he knows, but he do not want to talk about it. I'm going to shut up about it and let him deal with it in his own time sort of thing. But
0: No, but that's not Riker's character. Riker mm.
1: does
0: things like that. Riker is quite annoying to his mates. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: fair.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a bull buster, but it's like, I mean, even the, the first episode, I thought was just a bit mean to, to, to basically take the piss out of LaForge Jr. Mm-hmm. on the bridge of the
0: ship. Like, that, like that's I say, different. I like, just that saw that as you, as an uncle. Oh, uh, well, I do. I know. I get that. how he I, I was
1: we, done.
2: The level to which he does that, I think he's he's not mean, though. <laughs> you know, it's like right in front of everyone. That's Maybe mean. when Dean turns up...
1: Like, this is going to be why there was that hint that there's been problem. Maybe Deanna's going to be like, yeah, well, you know how Will used to be quite outspoken and, you know, he was he was all right with a put-down. Well, he's just took it too far. Like, he won't shut the fuck up. He keeps saying stuff that he shouldn't be saying to people. He talks bollocks about not wanting to be on the lower end. You know, I've, just, I've had enough. Anyway, um... If there's like, one thing you don't want on a pizza, it's a shuttle bay. He said that the other night. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I'll tell you what I do want on a pizza, Riker. Well, I want two pizzas. That's what I'm getting at, Riker. Now, hurry up. Um, I want a
0: pizza each.
1: Yeah, pizza each, exactly. When
0: you, take all day, <coughs> when you take it all day over it, I want a pizza each. Or I want it to be,
1: like, bloody size of an ounce if he's going to be... Yeah. Anyway, um, check out our... Um, Episode on the pen third to hear more of our thoughts on Riker's pizzas. Um, oh, oh, quite a lot of his cooking. We've had quite a lot. Of we it. have that silly one with scrambled egg, but we won't get onto that. It's
0: yeah, it wasn't
1: scrambled egg. I know it was Well, no, it was scrambled egg, but he said it was omelette. It was not omelette um then raffi then so she does see this ferengi who's got very small lobes which uh, i just like that that's a little detail for the fans because we, we look at it and go oh the ferengi won't be happy with him because he's got small he's lobes not got, he's not got the lobes
2: but it was really nice to have a kind of rugged Ferengi. Like, it yeah. goes back to uh, the kind of promise of the original Ferengis, which were the Marauder kind of stuff, which I always wish they'd bring back, especially when they're the Marauder Mo action figure in Kwan. Yeah, he did. In, in that episode, I was thinking, like, why don't they bring them back? Because, like, great, we've got the comedic branch of them, but their military can be a bit more... Like, you know, they use um, war to, to make profit. Yeah, like this, there,
1: is a, filming, you know, this is a Ferengi who's not acclimatised to the Federation. This is a Ferengi who's having to live on the outskirts and still do dodgy stuff whereas you get your ones like Quark who are like, no, I can work within this system and make a profit. Well,
0: this one, if you look I want to go to him having the, having the little lobes because he does say to rapid that he's had the like the wool pulled over his eyes. He's been, mm. he's been conned a few, quite quite a few times. That's because he's got little lobes.
1: It
2: he's is. Also, like, he's got stubble, this guy. Now, does that mean we could get a Ferengi with a beard? Because we haven't had that... We've never had them s- stubble before, which I would like. as they kind of, like, it suited his character. They kind of create that kind of nice little gangster yeah. look to him. No,
1: it's... A Ferengi with a beard is no Ferengi at all. Rule of acquisition,
0: 231.
1: Yeah. There you go. Now, this, with Rafi here, this is... It's just a trope that I really don't like because, again, it makes no sense. Like, you get this thing where Rafi's going there and he goes, oh, I smell Starfleet about you. Prove to me that you're not Starfleet by doing drugs. And it's like, that doesn't prove she's not Starfleet. She, you know, it's... And you get this in loads of, like, gangster films. Any film where you've got an undercover cop infiltrating the mafia or whatever, they'll always go, well, prove to me you're not a cop. Do this line of coke. And it's like, that doesn't prove... It It doesn't make you a cop if you don't want to do drugs. Like, you you, you could just go, look, no, I promise, I am a scummer, but but I'm just not a drug addict.
2: No, but her whole cover was that she was a drug addict, so here... Ah, okay, yeah.
1: okay, okay. Yeah, that does also make I'll sense.
2: Say, I'll, I'll also throw into this, because, I mean, let's face it, though, because it doesn't prove anything, because A, he doesn't believe her after she takes the drugs, B, she has a huge pause before she takes drugs, which is like, just don't do them, then. If you can have a pause that long, you're making it so obvious that you're a uh, Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Um... And three, what was my third point on that? Because it was just, it was a really... And also, yeah, so all that proves is that she's starfleet, and she doesn't want to get killed the second that she doesn't take the
0: drugs. Because well, if she doesn't they don't take it, he not just say that she's starfleet. He says that she's Section Thirty-One.
2: Well, that's the thing, and yeah, that's the other thing. Section Thirty-One always seems so nebulous. Like in some um, shows or some episodes, it seems like no one's ever heard. Like when they're first introduced,
1: in DS Nine, yeah, never
2: heard of them. They're so secret, which is around this timeline. And now suddenly, like every Ferengi on uh, any planet. I
1: think know. that's because Cisco blew the whistle on it.
2: Yeah, I dunno, but like they're, they're such a secret organisation, they managed to keep in the shadows from Enterprise through to DS uh, um, Nine times, according to the backfilled Enterprise of it all. But then suddenly, one like or, you know, one crew manages to complete explosion. It's I like, know. I think things.
1: I think that scans. I think Cisco will have. Yeah. And when they had, like, the Dominion War, presumably they had, like, trials of the shape female changeling and debriefs and everything. So I-, I think it will have become public knowledge, because I think, because public, I think yeah. they'll have had... They will it's have had to physical. have said, Section 31 manufactured this disease that killed the Founders. Uh,
2: OK, but it's, I'm it's saying you not... couldn't done it through Cisco because he was uh, off with OK, the, um, but,
1: yeah, whoever was It's
0: left. maybe not become massive public knowledge, but he's probably become more knowledgeable. And Quark was on DS9, so he's probably sold the information.
1: That's it, the you will have so sold water. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And
0: it, anyway, it seems convenient,
2: like when the plot calls for it, people know. It, it does, done, yeah.
1: Um but anyway, the ruse doesn't work because he's already killed Toluca, and this is where Worf makes the save, and this is awesome. He's got a new bat left. <laughs> <laughs> dead, a dead, well. dead,
2: dead, dead, Cut. dead.
1: Dead,
0: no.
2: head we, With the bat left bad. previously, c- c- just this fighting style, because in the back left previously, he's all been about the action swings mm. and straightforward. Now it's gliding and it's
0: circular. Well, moving, this so was, this thought was, about- was yeah. yeah, he's usually. Using-
2: yeah, I think they've thought about which um, fighting style they've used here, yeah. because it really does. I think this is setting up very nicely so that it tracks that he isn't using an aggressive fighting style. It's more a. Uh, a functional thing yeah you know
1: and I think part of it as well is like they, when they brought the mechlef in for Worf that was at Michael Don's request because the left prop was very cumbersome whereas it looks like what they've done here is gone you know what the left looks cooler but we'll make you a lighter sleeker one that's easier to and you're getting on a bit Michael so the stuntman's probably going to be doing most of it I, I do want to point out
0: like we have our chat that we have between the three of us. <laughs> and these two were chatting away after watching this episode and they're going, oh, Worf's med- mellowed quite a lot, are not they? And they had to point out, what are you talking about? He's going around chopping people's heads up. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but if you, again, if you look at the fine style, that's mellowed compared to, like, previously. <laughs> You've been pointing that with a bat left through your throat or something, you know, it's like it's yes. next generation had allowed it. I'm going to
1: say, that's it. it. was TV PG rated at the time. We wouldn't have seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, it, no. for war. this is mellowed like hell. <laughs> he, 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 he killed them with grace as opposed to <laughs> with just brute force.
0: And well, no. well, I do want to say, as soon as you see war. The messages uh, Rappi was getting from a handler makes sense, because it all sounded yeah. weird when you were hearing that sort of computer female voice.
1: Yeah, because it was all... You, but
0: then when you play it back in your head in war voice, it just makes so much sense. Well, they also... Do not seek blame. Do not seek hang- anger. You are a warrior.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well,
2: which but it, it it tracks with Worf as I think we're going to find him as opposed to Worf as we know him. So because the lines like you know do not seek blame, do not seek anger, that points towards his pacifism, which we've heard about already in the trailer. Well, so it's like, yeah. I,
0: well, no, what all we all we've seen is a line from Worf saying to Riker, "Well, I'm a pacifist now," mm, and true. I think that's just a I think that's a windup based on this first introduction of Worf where. A pacifist so the first thing you do is you stick a knife straight through someone's chest wow. and then he chop three heads off
2: no 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 he said i prefer the way of pacifism so his first advice with rafi was to not engage not do this than the other and only when he had to to save a life did he actually True. then use uh, violence I, th- I think he prefers it but he's not going to exclusively go against it and I think it's also building up to the same thing as they did in the 18 I think movie. It's going to build up to the same difficult. thing. To, uh, Elliot, let me finish. It's going to build up to the same thing as you saw in the 18 movie of the thing of like, uh, oh no, I don't. I prefer not to kill people anymore. And then so it's in the last scene you can have him killing people. It, it's. I. I hope not. I actually hope they do again, like, like they've done with a few other things. I hope they go a bit left field, like not what we're expecting quite so. I'd love it if he stayed a pacifist, but he kills when he's got
1: to. You think it's a bit like when you're on a diet and if you if you break your diet a bit, you're like, in for a penny, in for a pound, I'm having that pizza. Uh, it's a bit like that with Worf. It's like, well, if I've got to kill someone, I'm going to massacre everyone in this room.
2: I mean, maybe. I was more thinking like Karate Kid, where he's got to use for self-defense unless he's put in a mm. position where he's got to... Uh, I
0: I, I honestly just think it was winding Riker up with that little scene that was... Maybe. That's all coming from.
2: I don't think so. I think the change in the fighting style, because if you watch that, that is definitely different for Wolf as a way of fighting.
1: I guess we'll find out.
2: Um,
1: Back over on the Titan then. So Jack is actually trying to hand himself in, though he does escape because... Staffelite regulation said that you have to tell me the strength of the force field. All right. Um, I mean, yeah, could something do with him harming himself? Was So uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Anyway, I, um,
0: I, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced by that as a staff regulation. I think we just had a stupid security guard. Maybe. Oh, no, 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 I,
2: I, I think they're trying to justify it as like a safety measure, but we all know yeah. all of Starfleet's uh, force fields are non-lethal, so it doesn't matter.
1: Exactly. Well-
0: I think it was sort of like a justification how he could get the shield set into using this little
1: gizmo. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we get this lovely scene where Riker brings Beverly up to the bridge and just the wordless exchange between Picard and Beverly, it's just absolutely fantastic and so well acted by both of them. It's just that a whole conversation plays out there without a word said. It's great.
2: My favourite moment is just before he uh, get, gets into Bad outside bacard Picard mode, he just drops his head like, oh, fuck. Oh, the alimony for a start. Yeah. Oh, OK, right. Let's get this down. <laughs> and well, then he bursts Years
0: before that, there's, like, there's a lovely scene with when Jack does escape and you have seven runs out and she goes, I'm not sure if I've got rank or not at the moment but we need to do this, you go there, you do this, you do that, and she's just giving orders Mm. anyway. She's doing her second-in-command job. Yeah. And then I don't know if you noticed in the transporter room, it's the same guy again who was at the transporter controls who uh, dropped the fat little ship into the glass in the bar. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's the same one who was... uh, at the other side who looked a bit dodgy when the when the board didn't tighten right ooh, ooh, what are these so this like is this... making me think is he actually something to do
1: yeah, yeah maybe, maybe jack isn't, isn't all that he seems
0: well no i'm thinking this transporter guy maybe isn't what we think that because i think when the clip when you've seen him previously you're thinking You've sort of put him together, and then you see the Shrek and all that. Mm. And you're conspiracy and so you think, oh, he's part of that. I don't think he's part of that anymore. No. I think he's maybe... Uh, I've got a feeling, and this is a wild one, that he's actually uh, a watcher. And Wesley sent oh. to watch out for his brother.
2: Oh, I was going to go with maybe Section 31. Like, maybe he's <laughs> the... Uh, like, maybe that's how you bring Wolf and Ruffy into it, because awesome he's, he's their informant on the... Um, See, I was well,
1: wondering sure. okay. if...
0: Well, I just put out my wild theme. No, I like I that.
1: And I was wondering, cool. though, if he, if this transporter chief is a bad guy, as we were led to think in the first episode, and Jack's gone to him, maybe they're in, a, in it together, and Jack's actually working with Vadik, which... If I'm honest, I don't see it going that way, but it's interesting where they've placed this character of the transporter chief. Why
0: I don't think he's a baddie in with Baddock is that if he was, Jack wouldn't be holding a gun to him to make him... ...try and make him transport him. He'd have transported him straight away.
1: Very true, yeah. Ooh, this is interesting. Yeah, good spot, Elliot. Then... The, this is the bit where Picard says he's my son. And I do actually like this yeah. from Shaw because I think what's going through Shaw's head and he says, oh, God damn it. And I think what he's doing is up until this point, he's thought, we can get out of this. We can give him the kid. He can get away. But I think he's thought, there is no way Picard's going to let his son die. He'll fight me. I might even have a mutiny on my hands if I try and do it. So I think he's just thought, Right, well, fuck it. Hey,
0: I, this I, is what we've no, no, got to no, do now. I think oh, he's yeah. also had the staff I I'd like to think he's all he's had the Starfleet thing in his head that he's thinking I've got to give this guy over because Starfleet because <laughs> 'cause we're outside Federation's space what we've got to do. But that's not right. And Picard saying he's my son is giving him the justification now to do mm. the right thing.
2: Well, I, I will I will throw in this. Like, the only thing, maybe, again, we could have uh, done what you were saying, Jim, Jim maybe Jimson, That like that first scene, which is two days previous, which we don't really need. Then you make a little bit of time here, and you just have a little moment. You just have a moment where he goes like, uh, I could point out that you're a tired Admiral, and he goes, please, and then, like, please, it's my son. And then he does the good guy turn. Like, again, it's like I've said before, you just need, like, a little line sometimes to explain things away.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. But for, for me, it, it completely worked. I, it completely, I got... For me, this worked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't... I mean, it
2: works in the scene, but it doesn't work given that he's already said the fact that you're animal doesn't mean shit. And then suddenly he's just going with it. I, I'm sorry that doesn't. I don't think anymore. it's
1: necessarily to do with the rank. I think it's more to do with the force of Picard's personality and the fact that he knows people are loyal to him. And I think I, he's I also, just thought.
2: But you, you, you've you've proved already though that he this guy sure isn't given to cult of personality. Like he has different motivators. No, but so I, I think, think he knows everyone else's. Yeah, but I feel like because giving him that bit of respect of like deferring to him, just going it's like, please, it's my, son. you know, him asking him. Yeah, and I know and that then um... then then short sure, giving it to him. I think for me, adds a bit more. Like, so
0: I mean, no, I'm, I'm not, not to too sure.
1: I'm not saying like it wouldn't do. I'm saying it, it. just did work for me as is. Yeah, this whole sure. scene is works for me as well.
2: Yeah, again, as I say, the scene definitely works. It's just maybe then you make a difference. So, choice earlier on about to me the two don't work together but yeah I I like this
0: and that's pretty much it nice little I I was upset I think it's been a nice little redemption arc Mm. actually yeah. I I just
2: just, again it's like I, I feel like my whole beef with Picard from the beginning is they sometimes just do stuff without justifying it and this is a smaller example i think there's so many less of those as the series have gone on like the second series had a quarter of the unexplained things than the first series did but some people have pointed out there's some things which you know don't make that much sense throughout it um and the third series even less still but this is one for me that it just doesn't quite square the cycle
1: no which is fair enough and yeah this is pretty much where we end the episode they make a run for it and it finishes with that great you've got Vadic laughing as the screen goes black yeah. which is oh follow them
2: <laughs> yeah 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 she's enjoyed I, I do love the fact that she's just enjoyed the fuck out of it like you feel like she's got personal stakes but she just enjoys the chase
1: yeah absolutely yeah. and again yeah. Picard is good at cliffhangers it finishes with oh I wish I could watch the next episode right now
2: yeah yeah, it's nice.
0: Well, next episode right now because uh, Warp of Khan was released in 1982. Yeah. So you can go watch the next episode of Picard uh, now if you want. Because <laughs> I think that's what we might be about to get. Oh, do you think? So yeah.
1: You
2: feel like you said, we were off the Khan scene.
0: Yeah, we. I think we're going to get a lot of submarine. Uh, Warfare again of X, Y, Z axes and yeah, we're going into
1: a nebula, nebula, aren't we, sir?
0: No No sensors, ash. Everyone shields it down.
1: Well, we'll find out next week. Uh, But, yeah, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, we're at RetrekPod on Twitter, retrekpod at gmail.com if you want to email us. Uh, We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Elliot's got Retrek Model Studios on there.
0: Yeah, you can uh, watch me building this beauty if you want on YouTube.
2: Oh, I've got to say, you know, I, I, like I said to you before, it's not really a show I ever watched, but that is a beautiful little ship.
1: And that's, for those listening on the podcast, Elliot, what is that ship?
0: That's the flying sub from uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. There we go. Mobius, uh, the Mobius model in 1 to 32 scale. So
1: Excellent. It's quite
0: a big uh, little model. It
1: is a big model, yeah. And Dr. Squee, what have we got on the Dr. Squee show?
2: Well, Dr. Squee show, which you can enjoy every Tuesday, six till eight on sw20.co.uk or follow us on youtube.com slash Dr. Squee. Um, so yesterday I actually ended up with a bit of a migraine, so uh, the show was off. But what I've done instead, because um, one of my... the Sorry about this, camera's playing up. But... Um, one of the, the guests which I've got coming up in the next month are all in one way or another connected to mental health. So we talked to a couple of people about neurodiversity. There's a conversation which I had with one of our presenters, which is more about like um, how our um, mental processes work with what we do. And then they've got another one coming up with someone who um, talk about mental health, who's a TV presenter. Anyway, so it's going to be Mental Health March for, uh, for the Dr. Squeeze Show. so um, please check in with that.
1: Excellent. Um, And thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the re-trek. Thank you. Goodbye.
2: LLAP, and if there's one place I don't want to be, it's Dragon!